0: Hi, everyone. This is Working Title, the podcast where we, for intrepid, handsome, intelligent, and entirely fraudulent reviewers, watch and review IMDb's top 250 English language movies as of November 2019, going from bottom to top. So watch along with us, and... Oh, God, that's recorded.
1: Test. All right, cool.
0: <laughs> Usually, you, you test before you start um <laughs> all righty everyone well welcome to another episode of working title um i think i've learned my lesson i know i recap who it is we are and what we do in the canned intro that we record every time so it's just if i recap it again it gets played twice
2: and i leave uh, it in every time <laughs> <laughs> and that's
0: right because the less work you have to do the better um <laughs> Now, welcome back for episode 45. Um, This time we're uh, taking a step back to 1945, actually. Small little coincidence there. Uh, To watch and review the movie Brief Encounter. Um, So what is Brief Encounter? It is described as a romantic drama. Um, It is a... (laughs) You know, set in about the same year it was made, uh, you know, made very contemporarily, I guess, if I can make up a word, um, based on a short uh, one-act play by Noel Coward, who is the author of the movie and the the one-act play called Still Life. Uh, it stars a few people: Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard. Uh, you know, most importantly, as uh, they run into each other in a train station and you know, experience forbidden love and have an affair, you know, all through their, like, Thursday encounters at a train station. (laughs) Can't tell it was, I was super thrilled throughout, super riveting. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, the basic premise is Laura, who's, you know, married woman, bumps into, um, A man named, you know, Dr. Alec Harvey at a train station. And uh, they fall in love and they keep meeting each other. And, you know, as we do these podcasts, we like to do a little prompt to introduce ourselves. And this time it'll be, you know, if, uh, if instead of meeting Dr. Alec Harvey, Laura could have met or instead of Alec, who or what would you have Laura run into at the train station or, you know, otherwise that would ruin her life? I'll go first. Um, my name's Jack, and if I had to think of one person that Laura would run into in a train station that would ruin her life, I'd go for an army recruiter.
3: <laughs> 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 That's very good. True.
2: So this this was filmed in forty five, but I guess takes place in thirty eight. Does it? Oh, is that why I was confused? And, mm-hmm. and
3: Fred's
1: totally against it, but she's like, you don't understand. I could pay for my college.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's funny.
0: I think when you all laughed at that, it like clipped out because I just turned silence <laughs> after I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: Little too on That's a the good nose. one. Well, all right. Well, okay. all right. <clears throat> my name's Mike and... I wouldn't have her meet anybody. I would just take Alec out of the equation, and the speck of dust that gets in her eyes that causes her to meet Alec to begin with uh, becomes an infection and spreads between both eyes, and she loses her sight and is lost on that platform uh, for the rest of the film. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 oh, okay, tell us. How Arguably you really feel a better like... movie.
0: <laughs> okay
3: until she wanders through platform nine and three quarters right, and uh because we're in a world where nobody notices anybody else, everybody just kind of lets her be the the wandering blind platform lady okay
1: <laughs> that's that's a different movie for sure. <laughs> All
3: right, June, you or me next.
2: it's you it's in the oh, oh. it's in the script
1: oh. <laughs> okay, well, hello my name is Shane, and I would still have her meet a man but she would meet a man in the cafe who was oddly collecting spiders and then would befriend her so that he could find out where a terrorist organization called the 12 monkeys is <laughs> <laughs> she would then just have an affair with this man and ruin
2: her life oh, in search of the army of the 12 monkeys <laughs> i was just like where is this going this is a this is a reference to something <laughs>
1: I was going to do a Sixth Sense thing, but I think the 12 Monkeys would ruin her life more.
0: She just meets Bruce Willis.
2: Yeah, Bruce Willis is going to ruin her life in this. <laughs> All right, I'm June, and I think she wouldn't meet anybody, but she'd turn into one of those like weird train spotters and just be really into trains.
3: <laughs>
2: it's a hobby that's claimed many lives.
0: She comes home and starts building models. <laughs> <laughs>
2: my alternate
1: was world of warcraft yeah. oh that's a good one i was gonna do a
0: th- um, or
1: alec would turn out to be a chiropractor and not a real doctor <laughs>
0: <laughs> um i was uh, i almost said she meets a man with a personality but nice <laughs> fuck this she movie. seems
1: to collect those <laughs> <laughs> oh god this movie right. sucks
0: all right, so let's
2: get this show on the road. Um, all right. Mike, you got 30 seconds to run through the <laughs> what little plot there is. 30
0: so seconds? What I'll say up front is there's kind of a weird framing device here, but we can just recap the plot.
3: However. Yeah. it's you pretty much hit all the... If you didn't know what the movie was about, your introduction explained the entire movie. Um, really, all that happens on top of what you explained is... Two of the worst people in the, in the world, um, meet each other at this train station, like you said, and some shits in her eye. So he announces to everybody in the room that he's a doctor, because <laughs> why wouldn't he? Uh, immediately, sparks the interest of all the all the people in this train station, uh, but nobody looks at them later on and cares about their relationships after that. Anyways, they uh, they sit down, they start to get to know each other. We we learn about her kind of uh, uh, her, I guess her Thursdays out her Thursday out kind of evenings for herself to go down to town. She does her shopping and she looks, she goes to a movie and you know, blah, blah, blah. She goes to the train station and she sits and drinks some tea and then she gets on the train and goes home. Anyway, she's experiencing uh, this amount of depression in her life. And at the beginning of the film, it's kind of the end of the movie uh, where we go into a flashback quickly after that, the doctor guys leave into Africa and they're, he, you know, apparently had a little bit of a fling relationship and this woman goes home to her family and her uh zero gives a shit husband who why wouldn't this woman cheat on you know what i mean like why everything in her life seems like it's just a repeat of itself day in day out boring as hell it's the 1930s uh, she needs some excitement and she meets this doctor dude and she kind of starts to fall in love with him. And he's also probably doing his own stuff on the other side, but we actually don't know that cause we never saw his life at all. So I have a theory that maybe he isn't exactly what he says he is, but that is isn't an matter.
1: insurance salesman.
3: Right. He's like, he's yeah. Whatever. <laughs> just a so con man. we do this flashback. We go back into, uh, where they finally, where they met each other back, um, like a couple of weeks ago. And Each Thursday, they end up, you know, they kind of run into each other a couple times, and then they decide to start going on a little bit of dates here and there, and they go to a movie. Uh, They go to a boat, and they ride around in a boat, and at the end of it all, they keep having to go back to their boring-ass lives and their boring-ass cities, wherever they're from. Uh, And that's it, and nothing comes of it. At the end, the doctor leaves, and they almost get caught cheating at one point, but again, nothing bad ever comes from that, and uh, the husband at the end doesn't know it. Anything that ever happened, and nobody knows anything that ever happened, and yeah. The end. Also, there's a scene where Dude. a woman pours milk onto a counter over three glasses, and she does it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I want to
1: see Mike's movie where we actually learn that this guy's a fraud, that she almost <laughs> ruined her life
3: for. He's actually a just doctor. He, he's actually just trying to. He thinks that she's uh, I don't know, one of those, those, those uh. Con artist that goes for middle-aged women and tries to fulfill their fantasies, but really he's just getting into her bank account. And a week after he leaves for Africa, she realizes that she's been robbed. So, like I
0: said, an army recruiter. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but honestly, like that's as far as the plot goes. There's a he's lot of running little filler this scam bullshit. at
1: multiple transit hubs.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, if she wants excitement, she's about to get it in a couple years. She <laughs> can see the
1: world. <laughs> oh. This movie they, they, sucked. Never, they never
3: actually went further than, I guess, second base in this affair. Well, that's because it was 45.
1: They're not going to... There's some right. moralism then.
3: <laughs> On to my gripes.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to start with a few things I like just to get them out of the way, but yeah, we can go this way too. No, fuck no. All right. Have it, have it your own way, as uh,
2: Fred says, or what's his name. You know what's worse than the transatlantic accent? A cockney transatlantic accent. (laughs) Oh,
1: God. Everyone was so
2: fast. It's a good thing that, like, none of the dialogue was, like, or all of the dialogue was, like, irrelevant small talk because I couldn't understand a goddamn thing they were saying.
1: Nope. If it wasn't for subtitles, I would have just kept staring blankly off at my wall.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll, to that point, I couldn't figure out where the hell this movie took place. I didn't. I thought, like at first, I England. thought it was in the. I did well. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> I thought it was in I'll, the United States for the longest time. No,
0: nope. <laughs> I, I can answer this question for you, Mike. It takes place in a train station.
3: <laughs> it took me all the way to the point <laughs> in the film where she's like chilling on a bench. Um, she's chilling on a bench, chain smoking cigarettes, and the, and then that that cop shows up, and he's like, I was like, that cop's wearing a like that one of those stupid English hats. I was like, ah. <laughs> That's not an American hat. This is not the hat. United States. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, oh,
1: man. There's one scene that I think only us will really laugh at, but like when she's having her inner monologue while Fred's like, oh, that sucks. This doesn't fit with Bukistan or Bulakistan. <laughs> and she's like, I wish you would just stop talking. <laughs> like, and I just picture this is June's inner monologue during our podcast. Just... I wish you'd <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, Just, you know, I hate you so much.
0: <laughs> I really grew to dislike the monologues, like the internal monologues in this one. Okay, so what I'll say is this started as a stage, you know, one-act play. It is so obviously a, s- a- adaptation of, like, a, you know, a stage play, right? Because you can, like, see it, right? Like, the where it's an internal monologue, that's the part where, like, everyone else holds really still and it goes dark and then the light just focuses on one person they stand up and say what they're thinking and then the Uh scene resumes and
2: i'll go one further i would say that it was narrated like a book yes that inherently has to be more descriptive right because like when you're reading a book you can't there's no imagery so they have to say things like oh it was a sunny midday afternoon and the ice cream truck was that you know what i mean like As the ice cream truck pulls up. (laughs) She describes every image that is happening on the screen, and it's so annoying. It's a visual medium.
0: Just let us see it,
2: right? (laughs) By the end, it felt kind
0: of patronizing in the sense that it's like... Yeah, right? (laughs) Like the, um, the last scene, which I thought actually was well done, right? Where, you know, these two are like saying goodbye, and they plan to have this more like emotional passionate farewell for the last time or whatever, and then some, like, busybody chatterbox shows up, and they, like, have to just, like, shake hands and say goodbye, right? Like that, I felt like that was at least, like, a good concept. But then it's, like, it happens, and then we get, like, the internal monologue, and she just narrates (laughs) what we should be picking up on anyway. So He looked at me with his sarcastic smile that he has
1: as it's a close-up on his face smiling and i'm like i i got that lady i didn't didn't need you to tell me
3: this entire film was from her perspective right so throughout the film we never had any other monologue it was only laura's voice talking about what's going on in laura's head it was almost like an early attempt for a movie to kind of show uh her mental state of mind where she's she's depressed and she doesn't know why and she's kind of struggling with that whole thing i like that at the beginning But like you guys, I agree with you. As it continued on, it got to the point that it was just I stopped listening to her monologues and I started zoning out whenever she did that bullshit. (laughs) I zoned out
1: this entire movie.
3: (laughs) Until the point where out of like left field, she suddenly like has this Alfred Hitchcock fucking moment where she you can see she's thinking about killing herself after, you know, Alec leaves for the last time. And she goes like, you know, it's got that weird camera zoom and focus on her head. That like shit freaked me out. Because no. it's so out of place for the rest of the entire film.
2: <laughs>
0: or the extreme, like, Dutch angle at the end.
2: Where, like, yeah. the camera... Spoiler, she didn't kill herself,
3: but she ran out on the platform and almost did it.
2: I, I'll, I'll agree with you, Mike. I, I I hated it, and then I was like, ah, okay, I guess. Because, like, yeah, that Dutch angle happens, and just the screeching sound. And you're like, okay, this is, just like you were saying, so out of place. But I didn't realize she was running outside to kill herself. Mm-hmm. So like when that happened, it was just kind of like, a
3: okay, but it would have been nice to have a lead up to it, you know? The, the lead up was kind of there in, the, in her monologue. So even at the beginning, she was talking about how she wanted to kill that woman or whatever, wanted her to shut up and die. And then I think at one point she said that she wanted to die. Uh, so like whatever, whatever shit's going on with this, this middle-aged housewife is a lot deeper than an affair. Like, yeah, but she's not just reaching out for love. She's she's crying for help. But it also doesn't go far enough to be like
0: interesting in like a Hitchcock kind of way.
3: Mm-hmm. No, and yeah. this movie, this movie was filmed in the 1940s where this level of psych, you know, psychological analyst hasn't happened yet as far as but there was definitely people who were struggling with this type of, uh, you know, ailment back then. And they made a movie about it and they made it in the way of a love affair. When I was watching the entire, thinking about, oh Jesus, like these people need help. On the same vein, though, like you know, they they have a nice house, like beautiful family, shit seems to be going
2: pretty good, right? But I mean, like to to the viewer of a movie, right?
3: right? Like you got to set the stage a little bit. Yeah, well, well, I mean. The last thing about I want to say about mental illness is, yes, we can look at her and as a viewer. And that was kind of the thing she struggled with throughout it. She felt she was ashamed and she felt dirty the whole time. And it's because she kept saying, I have such a good life. I'm a happy wife. I have good kids. She's, you know, looked pretty well off. But something else wasn't clicking to make her happy. And that's why she fell into this uh, shameful event.
1: I kept comparing this movie to, um, I think it was like 99 or something, Unfaithful with Richard Gere and uh oh, what's her name and how much better that movie is than this one because <laughs> spoiler alert richard gear like kills the guy and you go like oh this movie needed a oh moment but instead it just kept getting more british and boring <laughs> <laughs> like this movie would have been awesome if like she's like i can't let my husband find out my life will be ruined
0: she just stabs him and You'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I love this this subgenre of commentary, which is just Shane rewriting movies <laughs> <laughs> and comparing
2: them to movies that no one else has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, people have seen on so, for good reasons. <laughs> 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 the famous bathroom love scene. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to remember who's so the, what, who was the la-
1: woman in that Shane. Marcus have you was. seen any
2: other scenes from that movie except for that one? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I saw the scene where Richard Gere kills the Bur- guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God! Uh, um, despite its poor execution, I did like the medium of storytelling, where she's essentially uh, inter- in internally confessing to her husband. Right. Um, I thought that was really clever. It's it's set to the backdrop of uh, Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number Two, which is like good music throughout it. Yeah, like Rachmaninoff was in like a really dark time in his life when he wrote that, so a good good like parallel there. It's just the it was so it was ruined by just the over-explanation of every little thing.
3: So that's unfortunate.
2: Yeah. And then the the tie-back at the end because it's it's a flashback movie, right? The tie-back was pretty good because there were it left holes in the opening that was uh, very confusing. So I was happy that they were able to go back and kind of close out like why she suddenly left and then came back in and yeah and who that dude was and why the awkward like shoulder touch was there yeah so it was good in
3: that respect it was just like the rest of it was utter garbage I think the reason why it's so boring for me is that it is an old movie that was kind of going into Shane you said it was a 1940s film right the fact that they got to second base was pretty scandalous for the time mm. in the 1940s the shoulder touching. When I watch a movie, uh, like this, that's made in modern times, like it's going to be a lot more gritty. It's going to be a lot more exciting. But I would, have, I would imagine that during the nineteen forties, people seeing this film probably thought it was pretty scandalous. That's,
2: that's well, an interesting and point.
3: They don't have her
1: fix her life. Yeah, basically, she just goes, "Well, I guess I'll just keep being depressed, like a good wife."
3: The end. definitely, definitely no happy ending here.
1: But. Well, like the happy ending is she goes like oh I do love being a housewife and seeing my pictures on Thursday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I thought there was a powerful line from the actual husband who was just mm-hmm. like, Thank you for coming back to me or whatever. Um yeah. You've
0: been so far away or something like that. Yeah. I-, I did like how it was ambiguous as to whether or not
3: he knew I, I got a gripe about that fucking asshole. So that guy... <laughs> I like Fred. You watch
1: your tone. No, no yeah, listen, Fred like, okay, guys. Sucks. He was so
3: much more entertaining than Alec. <laughs> Let me explain why Fred sucks, right? So yes, he's a nice guy. He's sweet, and he never did anything wrong to her. But he also was nonch... Like doing his crossword puzzle while his wife is struggling with shit. And the wife's like trying to, I think at the beginning, she almost confesses that she kind of has started getting into this whole affair with Alec. And he just blows her. Oh, he like the dude's not paying attention to her. Like, can we talk about why housewives cheat is because of this? Like he he has a lot to do with this. She's like, like, I saw a movie with a a strange man. Yeah. Why don't you take her to the movies, Fred? Like, why don't you pay attention to her? Because he has his crosswords to do Mike. (laughs) Jesus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't yeah. what well, I, I didn't quite grasp that scene you're talking about, Mike. Like she kind of fake confessed, but what, what was the closure of that scene? I just I must have missed it. If
3: she when, she kinda feels yeah. that or go ahead if you want her.
1: Oh, so like yeah, she comes back, she goes, I'm not gonna tell him. I wonder if Alec is telling his wife and then she kinda does the right thing and just kinda like floats it out there like Oh, I uh saw a movie with a strange man today and had lunch with him. And he's like, "Oh, very good. I could use dinner." <laughs>
2: and then did she did. She end up passing it off as a
3: joke, though, because she just went into this hysterical laughing fit that was very confusing. I think what happened with that was she realized that she was being silly about it in the sense of she's making it bigger in her own mind, and she kind of was like, "Oh, you know what? It's not that big of a deal to go to a movie with somebody you just met as a friend." And then she kind of started putting herself in in justifying that she's not going to be pursuing this romantically but she wants to pursue having more time with this guy she really is just talking herself into it the whole time and throughout the film she does that where she talks herself into it and then out of it and then as soon as she's like i'm i can't do this then fucking alex shows up second asshole and he (laughs) yeah convinces her to keep going with the affair i think maybe dozens of times throughout the film Yeah, I got really skeezy vibes from him. Oh, his
1: first thing is Mr. or Mrs. And she's like, Mrs. It's like,
0: oh, excellent.
1: You want to go to a movie?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's my (laughs) thing. He's such a scumbag. Let's talk about the gaslight romance that fucking starts in the middle of this. (laughs) Where Alec confesses... Alec, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, so he confesses his love for her, and Instead of really asking, like, "Do you also love me?" he says, "No, no, you love me."
1: <laughs> I know she's kind of pummeled Tell into, into. Tell me, this. be honest.
2: She's like, "I no, know you do. You love me."
1: Come on. <laughs> he is a salesman. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy's a goddamn salesman. It's not. A Turns out Alec
3: just goes and hangs out at that hospital and walks out the front door, being like, "Oh, I'm
1: off of work." Isn't that he's he's cool if you find out he is a con artist?
2: <laughs> oh. No, it's a mental institution. He's a patient. <laughs>
0: They let him out on Thursdays. He loves the train so much, so they let him ride one around in the evening.
2: I also hate that, like, every movie kiss in this, like, time period is just a shark attack every time. Oh, my God.
0: It's, like, so violent.
2: Like yeah. It's just, like, smashing
0: faces into each other.
2: Like, that looks like it hurts.
3: Another I know also... I not being in it. Oh. It's okay I've been talking a lot go ahead Shane. Oh, I was gonna say what my
1: major gripe <laughs> with this entire thing and like it's the core of everything in this is who they cast as the actors. so I kind of got the vibe that they wanted them to seem like every man people right they weren't good looking like just like I mean they're like just kind of ordinary looking right They weren't classically good looking yeah, which is weird because you're watching this and you go really? Alex, the one that, like, made... It's not Brad Pitt that shows up and, you know, like, leads her away. because well, like I go, said, like, oh, he
3: specifically <sighs> made sure that everybody know he was a doctor.
1: <laughs> he's just so not, like, a sex symbol. He shows up and he's like, oh, I'm a doctor. Let me touch your eyeball there. Chip, chip. <laughs> like uh, uh, uh. It's like well, if, like,
0: average Hugh Grant showed up. <laughs> like... I mean, I, I will say that is one thing I appreciate about this movie is that, like, they were just normal people, right? Because this is a thing that normal people do. So... Nah. No, well, not not to say that this is normal, <laughs> but it is enacted by normal people, right? Um, so I, I thought that was one good thing about the movie. It hadn't quite been captured by the Hollywood glitz and glamour where... Well, uh, it,
1: and even their uh, conversation... That they fall in love with each other having is bland and everyday small talk. Like the three things that, that maybe, Alex
3: says that yeah. that he falls in love with were her big eyes, which they were huge by the <laughs> they way. They were big. Uh the second that's thing true. I believe was she laughs at his jokes. Yep. And then the third thing and That's a big deal. <laughs> was I don't even
0: remember what the third thing was. <laughs> it, it was no, it's worse, it's her shyness. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love how easy I can bully you. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real shit pack, dude. And it's
1: they, but they have no. There's no like conversation where like she you know talks about her life and how it hurts or something. like that. They have no depth. It's just yeah, there's just like, there's no real
3: chemistry. They don't. They don't even act like they should be together. Like Alex running around like a little schoolboy, like coming out of the work and everything, like trotting over, and she's like queen of the of the of the uh, the emo girls. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> queen
0: emo. <laughs> She um, wears short skirts. I wear a t-shirt. <laughs> that, or we can go into Avril Lavigne. Yeah,
1: he was a doctor. <laughs> Wait. <sorry. laughs> um, the people who had more chemistry, or at least depth in in a weird oh,
2: right. way where <laughs> Mr.
1: God being the bartender. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they had a really awkward relationship, which they kind of cleaned up later.
3: That, that was a much better story. Yeah. I enjoyed oh, yeah. them way more. There were a lot of, of filler relationships and different scenes throughout the film that had, that had nothing to do with Alec and uh, Laura. Like all of those bartending scenes we watched, but Laura would just be in the background drinking her tea or whatever, and never interacted with them besides that. Like when the when the two army dudes come in and they start harassing the bartender, and then they get kicked out by uh whatever they his name was. They harass
1: her less than Mister Godby does, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's a problem apparently. But that, but do you notice that had nothing to do with Laura? Like she just sat and watched it. It like nothing came of it. Like I Dude, thought maybe was- she was going to go out on the platform and the two drunk guys are going to like assault her or something, but. I was trying so hard to connect those
2: storylines and it just wasn't there. Not I there.
1: I think that lends some credence or like some, put some water in that this is a stage play. Cause that is something that you might see in a stage play, right? Where yeah. like your main characters are having coffee and chatting and laughing, but there's like these side characters, some comic relief that's going on.
3: It's almost an attempt at the stage play to show the, the, uh, Why can't I can't remember people who watch stage plays. Uh, what do you call those people? Audiences, saps. um, That there's actual real (laughs) stuff happening. (laughs) 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 Like it's a real world. Idiots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know. Oh my god. Morons.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. Like it Uh, kind of like it takes it makes it look like there's it's not just in Laura's head. There's actual life happening around her.
0: Yeah, and you know I think the the. one-act play is sort of trying to capture like a slice of life sort of Mm. vibe in addition to telling this story like i i very much get the feeling that this is kind of a story about like normal people you know like and things that happen in normal lives rather than some like extraordinary like fantastical romance right yeah
3: yeah the the great excitement of this story was the affair and that's it there's nothing like uh you know thanos didn't show up and Taking a crash a train or anything like that. <laughs> I just hate that there
2: was no justification for any of this. Like, am I, do they expect me to sympathize with this affair? they are yeah. trying. You know, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the the husband and wife and kids back home. Like, that, well, it's just because you, like, you've never had an affair. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, Mike.
0: <laughs> i mean i have not either (laughs) love you honey (laughs) he
3: says much later (laughs) (laughs) you can can cut you can cut that one june (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: like you look at stuff like la la land where every single person universally is like oh those two need to be together Mm -hmm. and you root for it for the whole movie for this it's just like i like i don't give a shit Yeah, everything's inherently, (laughs) everything's inherently wrong to begin with. And and then just like, why should I care?
1: And in fact, her and Fred have more chemistry because when she comes home and Fred's like, oh, the kids have been a disaster. And like the kids are arguing or something. They go down and they're like sitting at dinner together. They have like some witty banter together. Fred's mm-hmm. like screw them, screw their birthdays. We'll just go see a movie. <laughs> like we'll, we'll we'll beat them and lock them in the attic. <laughs> that's right. Like, Let's just beat them and lock them away. I was like, Fred. Fred and her have more to in common. Probably they're both so boring. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> well,
0: well, everyone's boring in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm just yeah. Like, who do you root for? Right. Like the romance isn't interesting. Like I'm trying to think of the the movies we've seen that are romances, right. Like, uh la la land of course like you just mentioned or her which is interesting because it's like weird and fantastical and like there's no excitement or like um allure of the forbidden in this right which is weird because that seems like it's kind of the point right like even with her right like it's this, like, strange taboo relationship between a man and his cell phone, right? And this is just like the taboo and completely uninteresting relationship between two people in a train station.
2: <laughs> That's crazy that I'm li- literally rooting for a man to be in a relationship with a cell phone over this movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah. and then her went and turned it up to 11 when she becomes Skynet. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it has a relationship with 3 billion people or something. (laughs) And
2: that was soul
0: crushing. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. And
3: talk about high stakes,
0: like heartbreak.
3: You know, the the thing about this film, like that it is focused on an affair, wasn't the issue with me. Like, I didn't not like the characters because they were having an affair, I didn't like the characters because the affair they were having didn't seem like a justified affair.
0: Yeah, exactly. yeah no, What what yeah. I'll say is, I thought I would be mad at the characters because they were having an affair, but
3: instead I was
0: mad because they made me watch this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, this movie has no stakes either, right? So, normally in a film like this, you would have a scene where her and Fred are out to dinner, and then she sees Alec and his wife, right? And there's, like, some interaction, and you go, oh, shit. Like, how are they going to hide it? Or is... And there's kind of that, but they have Steve, and all Steve does is go, "I'm disappointed."
3: Yeah, so there, there actually too. So that's that's funny you brought that up. So there was they were at lunch or brunch at like a really fancy restaurant or whatever, and the busybody neighbor saw them together drinking champagne, and it's like, "Oh shit, Fred's gonna find out," and then Fred's gonna come in with the sawed off, but that never happened. <laughs> um,
1: I want and Mike's then the- <laughs> movie. I want Mike's movie now.
3: <laughs> and then the second interaction was when they go to the, the friend's apartment, and she has to go out the back fire escape, and the friend comes in, and weird interaction with that dude. Did you guys get the sense that he was like, "All right," but then it was like, "Get out of my place and leave the keys." Steve was
1: so fucking weird. for no like, reason. Yeah, like he's like, like "Yeah, you, he you dirty bastard,
3: using my apartment for your sex stuff. Get out." And like, but but it sounded like at the beginning he was egging him on.
1: I was waiting for him to be like I've been in love with
0: Madeline for years but you got to marry her.
1: <laughs> I need some drama. God, I give me he's something. Like,
0: I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. No, know, like
1: he's his dead. He's like, you could give the key back. <laughs> oh, God. I
3: mean, to his, be- or to his uh, I guess fairness, I would be upset if my buds were using my place as their uh, smash uh, pad. Uh, Smash pad with their <laughs> mistresses, you know what I mean? Yeah. Their train mistress.
1: Ugh. Well, and, like, that's what I was thinking, too, where he's like, Steve won't be home till late. And she's like, oh, we can't. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen, because she goes all the way to the train station, gets on her train, gets off her train, and goes back. And I was like, well, Steve's going to be home any minute now. Like, <laughs> you've kind of burned the clock on this one. But... Yeah.
3: Alex's manipulation of Laura throughout the film... I mean, we already hit on it, but, like, He's a better a dirt bag. A better title would have been, like, How to Train Your Mistress, right? Because that's all he does throughout this.
1: <laughs> Mike is nailing it.
2: All right, let's put a pin in that one, too. <laughs> how
1: to Train a Mistress.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So far, we have Affair on the Orient Express and How to Train Your Mistress. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. He just... This movie's such milk toast. It's so
3: boring. Dude, speaking of milk, did you see the bartender, like, push three glasses together and dump milk between the three of them? I don't remember what they were talking about. I was just focused on the fact that she's dumping milk on her bar. You know what I identified
2: with most in this movie? I just remember having this thought watching it, like, imagine paying with coins.
0: Yeah. Dude, when when they were, like... When she said they... She insisted on splitting lunch, right? To not send the wrong message, right? Meticulously. (laughs) Meticulously.
2: And then it's just like they each put down one coin.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. Meticulously, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just... I want to apologize to our listeners because... This, I mean, we're just been all over the place, but I promise you there is nothing of substance to actually nothing. formulate into a podcast episode.
0: So no. when I was watching, when I was like watching this and thinking about what I'd say, right, and before, you know, early on in the movie, right, like I was kind of like, okay, will this be good? Like, I, I feel like the absolute best case for this is like, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? which was mm-hmm. sort of like a, I feel like a, a movie with a similar vibe, right? where it's like about these like feuding relationships and it's based on a play. There's like this element of discovery between the people in them. And there's like all this contention between them, but you know, it is kind of like a slow burn. Right. And I didn't think I'd like it at the start.
3: And then it didn't turn out to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Well, I mean, with the uh, people, just look at the list. I didn't like that film, uh, Virginia Woolf, but at least like shit went back crazy at one point, yeah. And like you didn't know what the some hell drama, was happening. Some stakes, no, that's there what were, I'm saying. There like, like guns, uh, that's guns like the,
0: <laughs> the best case for this movie, right? Yeah. yeah, Is like it is like that. Well, like
1: yeah. this movie was so boring that I, literally I looked took up, picked up my phone and looked up what Balochistan is <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> <"Well, laughs> it's one of the four provinces of Pakistan. Yeah. So uh, interesting. There you go, there you go. Yeah, that's more interesting than what happened in the scene that I even heard Baluchistan See, Fred Speaking is of that such guy. such a like, well-read guy.
3: Yep. Yeah, well, did you also notice that Fred was chicken-scratching over already, like, doing his crossword puzzle? And he was chicken-scratching over things he'd already filled in there? I was paying—this <laughs> is how bad this movie was. I was paying more attention to what people were doing uh, as their background-like movements than actually listening to the story of it. Now, here here's
1: the question. Do you, you hate this movie more than The Last Picture Show?
3: Well, let's not
1: get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> that's, But that's what I'm getting at is we're bitching a lot about it, but like
3: it's still not to me as a, a slap in the face as whatever that was. You know why it's better than The Last Picture Show is because I'm actually having fun talking about this, even though I'm shitting on it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the Britishism of it. I don't know.
0: It made it a little charming to me. Yeah, I can tell you now this is not going to go very far up my list at all, but it's not.
2: This is exactly why you don't make a
3: feature-length film out of a one-act play.
0: Yep. right.
3: So something that I guess didn't uh, age well um, when they first started uh, meeting at their restaurant and there, there's a band that starts playing and there's a woman playing like a cello and mm-hmm. like their whole thing, like one of the things that they're, they kind of start to click about is that they're like talking shit on the band and making fun of this cellist. Did that sound bad to you? Because it sounded fine to me. Like they're riffing I, on I that lady. I the joke
1: was she's ugly.
3: Oh, was that it? I thought the joke was that she sucked at playing the cello, but it sounded great. No, I don't know. I mean, was that was supposed to be one of their is, little
1: endearing moments. Of right, like, like, like everybody in
3: England is this classical fucking musically trained person that can.
2: She looked as good as those actors. <laughs> like. And there's just there's just nothing for the viewer to invest in. Nothing. Like, yeah. In the in the play, uh, still life, um, there is like a did they did they not like consummate the relationship. Uh, but in the movie, they straight up, there's no, it, it's not left up for interpretation. Like they Yeah.
1: Do. I have a feeling that's um, some like cat on a hot tin roof producer interference, you know? I don't
3: like, know. Being well, like I audiences gonna... aren't going
1: to get a, behind an adulterer. <laughs>
3: I think they implied it though in this film, right? When uh, the first time they went out to the country and went on the little bridge, they took their buddy's, you know, convertible. The second time though, they like he like rented his own car, so I thought that was kind of the implication there. Well, I think the idea was that they were supposed to hook up at the flat mm-hmm. when uh,
2: Steve Steve like, shows up. Steve, is that his actual name? We're just calling him Steve. I have what happens in Steve's flat stays in Steve's
0: flat. That's all I got. <laughs>
1: Well, that's all folks Who's the it, real? It, is, <laughs> it is it, it is steven oh. steven
2: <laughs> all right are we done i think that's the uh, end um, of the podcast this might be all a right, short buddy.
1: broadcast because we've literally covered every scene i think
2: <laughs> yeah uh, i'm like digging through like the cast right
0: now to see if anyone was in anything else that was interesting and uh, <laughs> all right so I,
2: I i do i was able to dig up some some quasi interesting stuff so yeah i've got a couple things too Shane earlier you mentioned uh, the casting choices you said you didn't like them mm. um, this was a kind of like a early run of like a screen actors Guild kind of situation to where what was her name Celia Johnson had yeah. worked with uh, no Noel coward no mm. Noel coward um, mm-hmm. on the stage so she was a big stage actor um, pretty notable I guess and uh, she had worked in his plays prior to so that accounts for that what's even better though trevor howard my dude he obviously this film this film was filmed in 45 he presumably you know as people were served in the second world war and uh the public records office revealed that he had been discharged from the british army in 1943 for mental instability and having a psychopathic personality (sighs) top notch so he he really just played into his character (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. huh you know how crazy you have to be in the middle of a world war for them to say you're too crazy for the war (laughs) (laughs) that's that's wild
3: (laughs) the way that so uh, so the way that like history reads with world war ii is that everybody went um you know what i mean what happened with like actors and stuff like that like i get like people got out of the draft by being in college or having um jobs that they, they needed to continue to do it was to support the war effort but like actors like I, it makes me wonder did all of them get deployed and then come back and act in between like well so, so i mean
0: this was filmed during world war ii was about like, bringing it up it had not wrapped up so i wonder if that might be one reason we're not seeing like the the big you know, the team of like you know <laughs> jimmy stewart who's off doing whatever <laughs> um
3: so the only one they had was the crazy guy who got kicked out <laughs> the crazy guy <laughs> They're like, fuck it. Like, yeah, you can be in our movie.
0: Like the, you know, sports continued, right? Like people still played
2: sports. Um,
3: Well, yeah. I I don't know.
2: So Celia Celia Johnson, um, she was in the Women's Auxiliary Police Corps. She was taking care of her widowed sister and sister-in-law during the war. So, like, she was doing some good stuff. Trevor Howard, on the other hand, is a total piece of shit. <laughs> when You know, when he started getting, like, notable noticed on the screen and stuff, like, there was a lot of stories that, where, that he was a war hero and, like, oh, a, yeah. a, you know, all this shit. And he did nothing to quell those rumors, even though he was discharged. Um, everyone thought he was a, a captain in the Signal Corps, but he got discharged as a second lieutenant. So, yeah, loser. kind of a piece of shit play his um, own so part
0: on the note of it being filmed during world war ii they had to select the theater uh or not the theater the train station that they filmed at uh like carefully because otherwise it would have been subject to um the london blackouts at points hmm. so it was yeah minor that's bit of interesting trivia, trivia.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Celia Johnson was uh, working on a play at one point, um, but they had a hot production when the uh, Luftwaffe bomb destroyed the theater. Oh, oh damn! Yeah, so that shit was real.
3: What was the uh, I I thought was a cool thing about this film that I didn't you know put two and two together, but it makes sense now. They went and saw like bad movies during the movie, and uh, like we're you know they were talking shit about how bad the movies were. When I look back on like nineteen forties films, like of course there's bad movies back then, but for some reason they all kind of blend together and I feel like they're all the same, but it was interesting to see uh see them talking shit about a As we yeah. watch a bad movie. Yeah. Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna look
2: up, was that a real movie that they were watching? I don't know. Oh, Flames Flame of passion, passion or something like that.
1: Which uh that- looks like it didn't age very well.
0: Yeah, I don't think it
3: was real. Did- but- didn't look like
1: the most progressive movie.
3: Uh, the movie is f- fictional. Yeah. So they're they're riffing on bad dramas.
2: I would have much rather watched that movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it looks like it had a lot more going on. Now, All I, right. now I feel good about not liking that guy.
0: I knew I didn't like him. <laughs> yeah. So the Wikipedia has a whole page about justifying why the characters don't consummate the affair in the story. I don't Care, um, <laughs> you can read about it if you want. Um, so this was nominated for three Academy Awards for Best Director, Best Actress, and Best Screenplay. Uh, didn't win them, and uh, for many of those, it lost out to the best years of our lives, which was isn't that the next one? What's that? Isn't that the next movie you're watching?
3: Um,
0: it? it yeah, it is literally
1: oh, shit. yes, it is. Wow. Oh, God, I hope it's, like, so much better. Just beats on this movie. I mean, we can already
3: probably switch over to that podcast. I started watching a little bit of it, and it looks good. In the um, same way that this podcast is good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that one is about three uh, um, three uh, veterans who come back from World War II and struggle to, like, readjust to society. I
2: thought you were going to say it was three hours. <laughs> it's three
0: it's three veterans that all come back from world war ii and start an affair in a train station on the way back <laughs> this is really progressive for its time <laughs> i don't know that i even have um info on box office it was made with a million dollars i have no idea how Excuse much money me? It made
3: a million dollars in 1945 they had to buy a train they had to buy the railroad did did anyone
1: else laugh when the train would go by and the actors are screaming into the mic (laughs) it goes by and there's really a train that goes by so it just blows out all the
0: sound and you just hear the actors be like
1: it's really nice to meet you
0: (laughs) yeah so that's uh (laughs) that's brief encounter so let's uh get to the good part where we rank it amongst <laughs> the
2: movies we've this seen
1: so short <laughs> i to mean? make sure
2: i get you all the list jack i don't even yeah. need to, i don't i don't think you need to put the list up even <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. um i need to reference it see see how it stacks up against the killing and cat on a hot tin roof but yeah who wants to uh june you want to take the first crack at it you sound pretty confident
2: Oh yeah, this is going in at number 43, second to last, between <laughs> Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and The Last Picture Show. That's 44
0: for you, but yes.
2: Oh, my bad, 44, yeah. It's, I mean, not. Uh, you have to be pretty bad to be worse than The Last Picture Show, but this yeah. got close.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like, uh, it didn't instill anger in me like The Last Picture Show did.
2: <laughs> I'm sure I would have enjoyed it as a one-act play, but. And at least
1: the, the guy in this wasn't a draft dodger. He's just too crazy for the draft.
2: Uh, Well, it was, you know, stolen valor. (laughs) uh. All right, Shane, where do you rate it? I'm going to be just with June. Same,
1: 44, just over the last picture show and under Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. This movie is boring. It really doesn't belong on this list, but yeah, it's not like a complete shit show like the last picture yeah. show <laughs> yeah
2: i wasn't offended yeah i wasn't like <laughs> grossed out and <laughs>
3: yeah all right mike uh i'm gonna i'm gonna deviate a little bit number and put three it at... <laughs> <laughs> this is um this is gonna go right under night of the hunter above sling blade so number 43 third from the bottom you really hated Slingblade. some might call it a blade others uh, call it a picture show
1: uh, if I could mash those two movies together where she falls in love with sling blade
0: <laughs> <laughs> would you like some taters with your teeth <laughs> Oh my god! I'm a doctor.
1: I gotta go to Johannesburg. <laughs> I'm
0: a doctor.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. About you? What about you, I'm what about to... you Jack? <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Mike here. I I gotta disagree with uh, Shannon June that it's not the second worst. It is merely the third worst. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. so we i think average out to 2.5 from the the worst yeah um yeah so final verdict Do you recommend watching it we'll make this quick june fuck no no shane no Mike. god no
3: yeah you know what take, take <laughs> no don't watch it. <laughs> I knew it i knew he was gonna say it. <laughs> no
0: no don't watch it it's your time no i don't bother all right well we uh thanks for joining folks i think uh yeah what was the one we were going to watch we next watched, week?
3: The best... We watched a movie.
0: Yeah. Of all the movies I've seen, <laughs> that is one. <laughs> uh, uh, the best years of
2: our lives it is. Yeah.
0: Week.
2: Which is,
0: I think, according to the Academy, better than this one. And hopefully that remains true. We'll, we'll
3: see. God, I hope
0: so. It's not not much. Uh, the bar is set pretty low. The bar is underground. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs>